This is good. Thank you for talking about forgiveness for me. Thanks for with being... me. For me. No, 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 no. <laughs> with me. Thanks for talking about forgiveness with me. Yeah. Thanks for teaching it to me in the first place. Hello and welcome to Hug and a High Five. It's a mom and daughter podcast journal. I'm Ingrid. I'm the daughter. And I'm Vicky. I'm the mom. I'm trying to figure out how to be an adult. I'm trying to figure out how to parent an adult and live as an adult who is more than a parent. I live in New York City. And I live in Los Angeles. And this is Hug and a High Five. Hello, Ingrid. Hey, Mom. How are you? I am doing well. We're still in each other's midst, which is lovely. It's true. By the time this comes out, it will have been at least a week. Yep. But it's nice to see you in person still. Yes. Today, we thought we'd talk about forgiveness. Because some of the podcasts we've talked about recently, the concept of circling back and recovering well has come up. And that all has to do with forgiveness. That's true. And it just occurred to me, just like so many things on this podcast, things that I know to be regular in my life or among a family Mm. um, isn't true for every family. And you and dad, I think, did a pretty good job of including forgiveness in your parenting style. And I'd just like to kind of explore that a little bit. I don't think, it, I don't think it's po- true for every family that the mom looks at her child growing up and says, I did something wrong, I'm sorry. Hmm, that's true. I think you're right. We watched a parenting, ha- like how to parent <laughs> video series, teaching series when we first had you that Grandma Jo introduced mm. us to with was called Shepherding a Child's Heart with Ted Tripp. And he, one of the points that he made in the video that we went on to teach several times was as parents we need to be good at asking forgiveness of our children. And that was a new concept to me because I didn't grow up where my parents genuinely generally ask forgiveness of me if they did they were genuine but they didn't generally Mm -hmm. ask forgiveness and then we also made a distinction between saying I'm sorry and asking forgiveness right probably in lots of places in life it's it is unusual for the authority figure to ask forgiveness for the person that is under them because on the outside it it looks like giving up of power kind of yeah which I guess in like one sense it is because you really are asking for something from your subordinate. Mm-hmm. But it also it also shows that you are a person that is like secure enough in yourself and in your station mm-hmm. to not have to hold quite so tightly to like being right all the time. Yeah, like the Greek gods. <laughs> True. We could... Because parenting is a very... You can get power drunk parenting Mm -hmm. and control can be such a a huge thing and it's powerful. I realized that also when I was a teacher's aide and I noticed how much the teachers were kings of their little fiefdoms. Oh, interesting. (laughs) And I thought, no wonder people like teaching. This is such a powerful job. You yeah. can like go away at the end of the day feeling so powerful. Hmm. I mean, I mean, of course, there's all that goes into it, and if you're not a good teacher, you know that's not going to go. You're not well. powerful, but yeah. there is a sense of control and authority you have as a teacher, which is kind of unique. But you also have it as a parent, mm-hmm. and uh, if you are not taking care of yourself and taking care of your own mental and emotional health, then 
you can wield that power in really cruel ways so easily. Like my mantra, which I have said before, anyone can be a parent. Not everyone can be an intentional parent. It takes a lot to be an intentional parent. Yeah, I'm astonished by how many of our conversations lately have come back to if you are healthy as your own person, you'll be a better parent. And yeah. and vice versa. You know, if you're healthy as your own person, you'll especially as I come into adulthood, you'll be I'll be a better partner, better friend, yeah, better everything. better daughter, all yeah. those things. Yeah, you have to take care because you and ultimately you can only control yourself. Yeah. So you have to understand who you are and what you're about, what you stand for, and stand for it. Then consider other people's interests and mm-hmm. do that with gentleness and graciousness and kindness. We tried to model uh if I did something especially if I did something out of anger which as a younger parent I got provoked a lot more um I didn't understand as much more as 24 7 I got frustrated and tired yeah and so there's a lot more outlashes that happen saying I did this owning my behavior Mm -hmm. will you please forgive me because that is a humble statement and and I liked the distinction between saying I'm sorry, which kind of intimates regret, but doesn't intimate repentance and saying, I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to do that again. Yeah. I really appreciated that difference growing up. And I I think I probably beat my friends over the head with it a little bit, (laughs) which is uh, one of my own burdens to bear there. Yeah. As a concept, I, I do think it's really important. It's one thing to kind of, like, throw out a sorry. Right. Um, And it's another to, like, stand there and kind of open-handed ask for someone else's forgiveness. You you have to... I think I mentioned that in the siblings podcast. Mm -hmm. You have to wait... You have to wait for them to answer you. Because it's out of your control. Mm Mm-hmm. Will you please forgive me? Because they could say no. Right. (laughs) And you're like, okay, we're... Well... (laughs) We're here then for a while. You're you're at a standstill. And that has happened before in our life. Mm -hmm. Me with my children and me with my spouse and not uh, feeling at the moment like saying anything. And then recognizing that feelings are the caboose and and they come later and they come last. That is a huge concept, which honestly I still kind of prickle at because it's really hard to put into practice. They're the ones in your face, especially the negative ones. Feelings are in your face, so it's hard to say that they're the they're the caboose. But they do change the slowest, so that's why they're the caboose. That's why they're the caboose. Yeah, so the concept of your feelings being the caboose, flesh out that metaphor a little bit, obviously. That's a train. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, and, and the idea that it's easiest to, I guess, talk about in an argument, but it does work for joyful emotions, too. Mm-hmm. If you're in an argument with someone you've you've come to have this like kind of forgiveness conversation will you forgive me will mm-hmm. you forgive me it's it's tempting to wait till you feel better to say i forgive you yeah cuz then it feels genuine and true yes but it's it's possible very possible to say i forgive you while you're still mad yeah and that means you have to recognize that forgiveness is not an emotion just like love is not an emotion right infatuation uh, maybe you could call an emotion but forgiveness is not an emotion and it's a choice just like love is a choice 
Right. It's such a different... It's it's the kind of countercultural to think about it that way. Yeah. It's not portrayed that way in the media, in the television and film industry. A lot of books don't portray it that way because they're getting across different points. Yeah. So. Right. And, and even then, like, I feel like love is a choice is an easier concept that people do talk about sometimes mm-hmm. um, than... Like forgiveness is a choice, mm-hmm. but it because it does. I mean, in, in times when I've been really angry and like said I forgive you, mm-hmm. it feels like remarkably intellectual. <laughs> like yeah. it's just my brain saying it, you know. Yeah. But it's it's obvious within your own person when you are saying it begrudgingly and when you are really choosing that from here on out I do forgive you for that. Um, so- and it's amazing the way it, it does start to like start that train toward feeling better. Yeah. Which you don't expect. Yeah. yeah. When you say it out loud. Right. The uh what so what does forgiveness involve? We don't have a dif- diction dictionary definition or anything, but what would you say it involves? I think I think of forgiveness as kind of like like the releasing of responsibility on another person. Hmm. Or releasing of a grudge. I, I feel I feel like there's a there's a release component to it. Because what it means is I am no longer holding whatever this is against you. Yeah, definitely. So there's a release. There are still consequences. But if right. you are I would say there's natural consequences. If you're levying the consequences, then you haven't forgiven them. So it Good is point. all on the person it's on the forgiver's shoulders mm-hmm. to change their behavior. Because you might say I forgive you and they might not change their behavior right or will you forgive me and they might not change their behavior right (laughs) so yeah forgiveness is on the part of the person that says it yeah forgiveness is not the same as trust but it does imply a behavior change on the part of the person that says it on the part of the person that says it but that's the thing is like if you deeply broken my trust Mm-hmm. And then we like come to we like talk about it. Mm-hmm. I can say, you know what? I like. I can say I forgive you, and also. There's a new boundary we have to put in place. Mm. You know, I I need to put a boundary in place to protect myself. Yeah, and that's that's not the same as like not really forgiving you. Like, mm-hmm. no, I I I'm no longer going to choose to be angry about this thing with you. Mm-hmm. Just it does, but it does like change our relationship, and I think the other maybe misconception is that forgiveness happens once. But if mm. your emotions are the caboose, you could be angry for a long time, and you kind of have to like every time there's a new flare up of anger, kind of to choose to re forgive them in your heart. That's an interesting thought. I had someone tell me once about forgiving another person that you decide and you kind of make a note in your head and in your heart of the date Mm -hmm. and the time that you forgave them for Mm -hmm. that situation or you just blanket forgave that person in general Mm -hmm. which maybe blanket forgiving isn't really realistic maybe it needs to be more specific because maybe we're we not able to blanket forgive someone for all of their mistakes all of time or what all of their offenses. It did help me to think when I would have flare-ups of anger towards someone 
oh, I for chose to forgive them because this is that same thing flaring up. This is their behavior. This is the way they are in the world. And I don't need to walk around with a grudge and the anger about it. So I chose to forgive them. So it's not like, it's, a, it's just slightly different than saying I re-forgive them, <laughs> but it's just saying, yeah. wait a second. I'm remembering now that I chose to forgive them and I'm walking in this. So this is how I'm changing my behavior because I'm walking in that forgiveness that I have chosen to extend. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that whole thing about like, if you're still mad at a person, it's only hurting you. Yeah. They're not being affected by your emotions unless you've done something about it. And then that's a, a deeper issue. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned the difference in the way that like, you have changed your parenting style or just changed your life since I was little. Mm-hmm. Because I know from, from like conversations with lots of people and from my own life that it can be easy to feel offended as the firstborn by your parents for changing their parenting styles or their philosophies in life as you get older. Oh yeah. Which is like the, the of course you can't forgive someone until you you've needed it, which means there's some offense that has been taken or or mm-hmm. given, you know. Mhm. You've had to forgive more <laughs> possibly. Yeah, that there are ta- like there are there are types of arguments like between you and I that aren't quite so straightforward anymore as mm-hmm. we're having a, like a yelling argument and then we're coming back later and saying like will you please forgive me for this. Mhm. There's some some bigger picture things mm-hmm. that it could be easy for me to get bitter about. Mm. And I have, to, I have to... Perspective that is gracious and takes a bigger picture than just myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It'd be easy to look at the way that you parent Audrey and say, you know, how, how come she gets to have, like, so much phone time right away? Or how come she... Like, doesn't have a curfew, or I don't know, whatever Has those things Has social media are. before she's out of high school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you mean you let her watch R-rated movies and it's okay? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Which, obviously, all those things are, like, per situation. But there's mm-hmm. been many a time when I'm like, there's there's no way that I, you would have let me watch that at 17. And then you're like, nah, whatever. Like, we'll watch it together. Sorry <laughs> for you. They're yeah. looking at me and saying sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, no, I forgive you. Uh, or, for, please forgive me. But those That's are things that, like, those aren't actual offenses against me, but I've heard many a firstborn be like, are you kidding? Like, excuse me. I can hear myself just saying sorry, but not please forgive me because I, yeah, I don't, I don't think that I would change my behavior. That's an interesting thought. Like, would I change my behavior? Do I only want to ask forgiveness if I would actually change my behavior? Because <laughs> I'm not sure that I would. Because it is situation by situation, and as much as I'd like to say I parent my children the same, you're not the same person, so I can't parent you the same. And I think that's because it's not so straightforward anymore of, like, you hurt me. It's it's either me just choosing in my heart to... And maybe that is kind of more of a blanket forgiveness, like, choosing Mm. in my heart to say, you know what, it's like... To to, to, to see your point of view... Mm-hmm. Or maybe we don't call that forgiveness because technically there's no, there is no offense. It just, it just needs a conversation. Yeah. It, it needs, just needs an extension of grace. You know what this whole conversation is reminding me of is the mom in Moonstruck 
played oh. by I want to say Augusta something. I can't remember I her idea. name. She's a fabulous actress. Her husband is a philanderer, and mm. then she goes out to dinner by herself, and she meets a guy in the restaurant who is a philanderer, and they ended up having the rest of dinner together, and then walking home, and she, her, her main point is, I know who I am, and you guys are afraid to die. <laughs> That's her, her main okay. point. You're afraid to die, but I know who I am, and we are family. And I'm not going to give up on, on this person that I married because mm. I know who I am and we're a family. And that, that goes a long way to, we talked about that too, just about at the beginning about knowing who you are and working on yourself. And she knew so much who she was that she could let other things go in other people and not take offense at them. And she kind of had a blanket reason you're afraid to die. <laughs> yeah, it's not always for the movie. I mean, if you're, if there's well, cheating in your marriage, like, you should probably, like, really go to counseling or something. Like, work <laughs> through that. that. Like, both people need to work on that problem. Yeah, yeah. Yes, the concept of of being secure in yourself enough to, like, mm-hmm. not, just huh. to, ha- to keep the agency to, like, yeah you know, kind of claim your own life. I know who I am. I can choose to still love you and you need to work on your self too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is this just because I'm older or is this a like kind of newish concept for you? Well, the phrasing let's circle back is new to me, but it's the same as I made a mistake. Please forgive me, which is yeah. the phrase we had when you were young. But circling back implies more, let's have a conversation about this because I had my reasoning for what I did. Yeah, circling back is not the same as asking forgiveness. Circling back says, I'm not ready to ask forgiveness yet. We need to have another conversation. Yeah, which I think I would say is something that I will do more now. That's true. I recognize, I used to be harder on myself I had someone once give me a psychiatrist once gave me an article that said called uh, called the pathological self critic. Oh, so I was really hard on myself. And part of forgiveness is can you forgive yourself? Yeah, and totally. So it takes a lot of gumption for me to stand up and say I had reasoning by why I said that or did that, mm-hmm. and. I can recognize that maybe it was faulty, but well, I just would like you to stop and pause and listen to my reasoning because mm-hmm. in the moment, this was my reasoning and I would like to be heard in that just like everybody would like to be heard when they do something. It, And I like that. I like being able to pause and say, I had a motivation and a reason for why I made that decision. And I can admit that maybe it was faulty, but I just want my reason acknowledged in the first place. That helps. Totally. Having a conversation like that can can help you both feel, help the two people feel a little bit more mm-hmm. um, comfortable and like trustworthy of each other. Again, I've heard you and dad have arguments like that a lot lately that end with like, yes. can we, I just want you to hear my side and, and I just want you to hear my side. It's been I'd huge. Sort of I would stand... say I've done that in the past year. Yeah. I, I, I do stand by my opinion that that's not the same as asking for forgiveness. 
No, and it's like important you still for me. have to get to the end of that conversation and have the humility to say, "I'm going to stop defending my point of view and just ask for your forgiveness." So sometimes I would say, in the past year, the pendulum has swung back, where I'm finding my voice. I'm recognizing that I don't have to be so critical. Mm-hmm. of myself particularly and I can stand up and and say I would like to have my voice heard and I would like you to reflect what you hear my voice is so actually saying could you reflect back to me why you think I made that decision that's but that's not the same me. as you saying right. I understand that I've hurt you no so so I will say there has been times in the past year when I have swung back and say said please tell me why you think I made that decision. Mm-hmm. So I feel heard, uh, which is a feeling that's interesting. <laughs> and, uh, but then I haven't felt like saying, please forgive me. So yeah, like definitely the pendulum has swung and it's been harder on occasion for me to say, please forgive me. So I'm, you know, trying to swing back into the middle balance of pendulum because it's important for me to have a voice and to not shame myself and heap blame on myself and say I'm always wrong because that is not healthy either. And I've lived a lot of my life doing a lot of shame heaping on myself and blame heaping and um, using hyperbole language towards myself. I'm always your never kind of language. Yeah, so. that's an important thing. To any time that, what I, I would say, like whatever your tendencies are toward another person in an argument, that's your tendencies toward yourself. So that hyperbole mm-hmm. and that blame, which has been good. That's been really amazing for me to think of and to. There's been times, even in the past few days, when you have called me on making a judgment statement about someone, saying mm-hmm. you don't know anything about her past <laughs> and history, even even a book we looked at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, fair enough. <laughs> I don't. I am making a judgment. People do all the time, but I'll be aware of when I do. I just want to be clear that when you ask forgiveness for someone else, it it doesn't have to come with blame on yourself. You know, like those things shouldn't be, which I don't think that's what you're saying. For for third part, party listeners, I do want that to be like clear. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, it shouldn't be the case that you should, it's either or, that you should either be, have a conversation, please reflect because I need my voice heard, or I will ask for forgiveness. Like both should be possible in the same conversation. Because the point is that forgiveness is that, is the release of, of blame. It's the release of blame. It's not the, it's not the changing directions of the blame. Oh, I think I differ from you there. I think that forgive if I ask forgiveness, then I'm taking ownership of blame. I don't you're have taking, to walk in shame own, in it. Ownership of okay. I don't have to. I don't. So so blame is I did this wrong thing. Shame is I am wrong pervasively across all time. Okay. Yeah, you're right. So if I say I spoke wrong, please forgive me. I'm taking ownership of my behavior and placing the blame on myself. It's myself. It's not a no contest <laughs> situation. Well, okay, yeah, but you should be able to take responsibility for yourself without that, like, discounting the fact that you still had good intentions. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, so that's the distinction between blame and shame, I would say. So you yeah. can blame me for making a poor choice, but I, you can still say 
your intentions are good and true because that's who you are. Yeah. So that's a shame question. And yeah. Brene Brown is pretty strong about making that distinction. You're right. Yeah. No, yeah. no. There blame. is a big distinction between shame and, and blame. Not that she's like the all of the only one <laughs> she's, the she's guru just the of famous everything. one uh, but she talks she spends a lot of time talking about the difference between shame and blame and so we've read some of her books and that's that's what stands out to me is you take ownership of your behavior and and that's blame and you can change from you can change your behavior when you're blamed with something someone something you can change your behavior but when you take shame of it it's just like that's all of me like like Hiccup says, you just gestured to all of me. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what's important about shame is that shame is mostly encouraged in your own head. Yes. Which mostly. I guess goes back to being confident enough in yourself to... And, and like secure enough in yourself to like have forgiveness conversations and then to move on with your life. This concept just kind of makes me uncomfortable thinking about arguments that we had over Christmas... When we were all together, which is the first time we'd all been all together in a while. Mm. And you, we had a couple family arguments. And you and dad had a couple arguments with mm-hmm. Audrey and I sitting in the other room. Yeah. Which is part of family. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. But I listened to a lot of you defending yourself and asking, like, please, please hear me out. Don't you see that I had a point? Mm-hmm. Like, tell me what you know now that I meant. Mm-hmm. And I felt really frustrated that you didn't just ask for forgiveness. Like, chill. Like, we know you meant well. You'd, obviously, you're not doing anything out of malice. But let it, let it go and ask for forgiveness. Move on. Mm. <laughs> it's how I felt about it. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that you and Dad have your own road to work through mm-hmm. who, who feels heard. And, and I have never, as my, your child, never known you to be someone who had trouble feeling like your voice was heard. Because... You were my mom. I always heard your voice. <laughs> that is a difference of perspective. For for so much of my life, I didn't feel heard or misunderstood. And I need, and I'm asking for now, the validation, especially from my spouse, that you hear me and you understand my point of view. And it's kind of probably him asking him to hold a mirror up to me as my partner, saying... I need your validation. You may already think this. You may already think that I just need to ask forgiveness and move on. But I need to hear you say that you believe my intentions are good in this and that you understand my intentions. I think the whole concept of over-communicating is important between spouses and partners because Mm -hmm. you can start to make so many assumptions when you live so closely with someone you spend so much time and so many years with someone that it never hurts to make over communication so it is definitely the opposite pendulum swing where now I'm I'm sometimes I just say tell me what you heard you know what my intentions were rather than just letting it go and saying please forgive me but the story I tell myself inside my head if I just say please forgive me is such a loud clanging gong of shame that I am wrong I am always wrong so it's important for me it doesn't have to do with dad's response to you at all it's just in your own head no but the way that he can support me and help me is by holding up 
a mirror and saying, I recognize that these are your intentions. I'm going to remind you that these are your intentions and I believe that these are your intentions. And yes, it was still a mistake. <laughs> so I so, guess in the, in like the, the, the perfect world of, of that would be able to say both in, in the same conversation. Yeah. Hey, definitely. I, and I feel like the right order would be, let me pause for a minute. Because I recognize that I've hurt you. Mm-hmm. Can I ask forgiveness right now for that? Will you forgive me mm-hmm. for blaming you for whatever, for throwing words, what I don't know, whatever the conversation was, and for, like, hurting you in that way? I recognize that that's what happened. Can I ask you for validation on my side? Because I, I feel like, because I need... F- from you just an outward vocalization of your confidence in me mm-hmm. I feel that's, like that's the right <laughs> order that's the right order because if I you say, say tell me you're confident in me and then you forgive like that's like <laughs> you can't well, do it's that it's easier I think you're right it's easier to be humble first no it's ask, not easier it's better it's easier to to be no, lifted up first and I think then it is say it's easier things. to be humble first because having experienced it having having drawn the line in the sand and said tell me what you understand about my motivation then it makes me feel more obstinate and it's harder for yeah. me to say please forgive me later so <laughs> which i guess has been the experience <laughs> it is easier to say please forgive me first and then drawing the line in the sand please help me by telling me back what you understand my intentions to be which is interesting we have sought some a couple of marriage counseling appointments from Mm -hmm. a family therapist and what we have learned in that from the therapist she said is uh, start your phrase by saying I know that you intended well oh yeah that's really helpful which I was like that's beautiful but in the heat of the moment (laughs) I'm not sure that I can remember that I will try I mean a habit (laughs) takes time anyway yeah and I guess that's true obviously all those conversations are easier to have without like the heat of the moment have preemptive conversations Mm -hmm. which is the pillar of your marriage and our parenting style is to have formative conversations and then that way in the moment you're not like trying to just do the right thing because you never will because you're in the moment yeah because I guess the best of things it could just continuing with the example of you and dad might be to like for you to have had enough formative conversations for mm-hmm. in the moment to you be able to say forgiveness and for them him to know to come back with an affirmative statement toward you yes, yes i forgive you i recognize that your intentions were good if you didn't have to ask for it like that would be i mean eventually yeah that's beautiful if that's automatic part part of what we have dealt with a lot in our marriage in particular because your dad is such a good communicator and persuasive person. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that he has been cou- counseled and coached from a therapist to do is to not incorporate my ideas into what he wants because he's so good at that. The whole concept of incorporating. So he'll act like he's listening to me and then he'll just spin it to make but it ends up still what getting what he wants. He, get, get, you just get enough of wants. what you want to be and like, yeah, I'll feel, be a part of this. And what happens is I feel enough heard, but I'm, I'm laissez-faire enough about my own opinion that I don't make it, I don't stand on it. Mm-hmm. So for the, for us, and this is real life, real life is always constantly fluid and negotiating and changing and 
Yeah, they're all compromises. I guess the question is just like, does the same person compromise every time? Well, and we've had to work through that. Yeah. And so now this fall, what you've seen is a lot more of me not compromising. Whereas in the past, mm-hmm. you probably didn't notice it I probably didn't because notice it, it sounded like dad was compromising when he wasn't at all. He was just listening to what I said and incorporating it into what he wanted That's to do. So interesting. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we have. Yeah. So it's like it's there's been more friction as I've learned to get a bigger voice and that happens as a person becomes healthy and they start to exert themselves in their own health then the other person that has has lived with the unhealthy person for long, so long that has done the lion's share of the to carrying of the load of communication or work or whatever it is mm-hmm. is like wait a second part of my role is changing and it's it's all it has a lot to do with what role you're playing in the family system which you've talked to me before about yeah yeah so the family system so as the the husband wife the partner system has changed a little bit as I've gotten healthier and understood my voice and it's gotten extreme yes which is what you've seen where I need to say please forgive me (laughs) my voice has gotten extreme and obstinate and rude (laughs) (laughs) and now I'm gonna go back to being gracious and say I know you intended well I need a little validation that you have heard my heart and what my intentions were. Yes, please forgive me. Right, right, right. I didn't expect it to go down the marriage route. Thank you for being open to just that <laughs> happening. That is I think, a sidebar to this part of our relationship as mom and daughter. Mm-hmm. As I become an adult, is that, that, I, that I do see your marriage as my parents in a different light. And there's like a lot of opening my eyes to our family system and like different relationships and how things work that I started to have opinions about as an adult that I didn't as a kid. And so different questions come up there. Well, and you're starting to form your opinions about how you're, you want your marriage and your partner and your right, I guess. family yeah, system eventually. to look like ultimately in the, down the road. And, uh, yeah, synthesizing what you see I know. in front of us. <laughs> yeah. And then again, yeah, having to like rewrite the story of what I, my perceptions from when I was eight. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is good. Thank you for talking about forgiveness for me. Thanks with for me. me. For me. No, 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 no. <laughs> with me. Thanks for talking about forgiveness with me. Yeah. Thanks for teaching it to me in the first place. Well, and ultimately our marriage is going to be the model and a secure marriage is what gives children the most security in the family is seeing their parents in a secure marriage because they can rest in that. And so, a secure marriage is not one without fights and mistakes. It's a lot of circling back and a lot of saying, will you please forgive me? <laughs> and that's, that is the gift that you have given me, you and dad. Thank you. So I'm so glad we, we continue to pursue that every day. Yeah. I love you. I love you too, Mom. Thank you for listening to Hug and a High Five. Yep, thanks for listening. If you'd like to suggest a topic, ask us a question, or share your mom-daughter story, please email us at hugandahighfivepodcast at gmail.com. That's hugandahighfivepodcast at gmail.com. All words, hugandahighfivepodcast at gmail.com. Have a great week.